everybody and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. He is my co-host, Beck Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. How are things going in the life of Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. <laughs> Busy. Lots going on. You know, there's uh, a lot of news. There's a lot of news, and you know, I do the arts and culture section, so book reviews and hounding book reviewers to file their reviews. And God bless them. I'm not going to name names. But some of them, you know, have amazing excuses. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I have a thousand at my I, disposal. Yeah. I had a reviewer. He finally finally. There's nothing was, I write better than an excuse. It was, it was, <laughs> there was a reviewer and the piece came out already and it was great. I was really happy, but he needed more time because he was training his Doberman puppy and it scratched his eye. Fair. Like he is blaming the dog. Like the dog ate my homework. Except my homework was my eyeball. Yes, exactly. I said, yeah. well, you do have the other eye. But <laughs> nevertheless, how was your Mother's Day? It was good. By the way, the, one of the reasons yes. I have not written for Vic is so as not to ruin <laughs> our relationship. <laughs> the deadline issue? Right. <laughs> I like... Just surprise me when you actually filed. And <laughs> I'll, I'll make room. I'll part the scenes. That's what, that's what I would do. Except yeah. that, that would never happen because I need a deadline in order to file. Mm -hmm. And then I need to pass the deadline by several hours at yes. least. I, you know, I don't know if it's easier. To, I want to say to some of these people, just like, just tell me it's going to be next month rather than have this torturous, <laughs> torturous and torturous path, you know, of every day. Okay, end of the week, next day, 48 hours from now, any moment now, any minute. As an editor, you are also a therapist. You, you have to. And I've had this. Um, let me tell you something. I, I'm expecting this amazing piece by Rob Long, who you know. And if it comes out, everybody, great. He okay. promises within the next 24 hours. There we'll we see by Thursday's our next taping. We'll see if it's there. See, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna flatter you for a moment, but I do think that people should be more willing to send their stuff, even if they don't feel perfect about it, to Vic because Vic's a good editor. And when you send it to a good editor, you're gonna get it back to you looking better and be like, oh my god, I didn't have to do that I work. Try. I started off. Vic with, made it better. Well, no, I started off. Life as an editor at a magazine, as you know, so it was long form is different. And I sort of it, it began to embody my personality, which people would say, oh, you're such a great editor. And what they meant was you're a pushover and we can get whatever <laughs> we do, whatever we want. And you'd make little changes. And it, but, but the key became to make edit, edits that they can't notice. Yes. And to make edits in their voice and don't feel compelled to add things. Yes. It's a true, because there are it's some editors who have to change the voice. Some people feel like an entire section has to be their voice, and really, that's not yeah. the case. Or don't, don't don't feel compelled to if it's just leave it. No, it's it's an art, mm -hmm. and many people at the Weekly Standard were great at it. And you'd get your piece back and just read it and be like, I don't even miss anything that's gone. Yeah, you I don't, don't even, even notice I don't even it. Miss no, it. I I I did that on a couple pieces this week, and they didn't notice, which was great. You love it. Uh, the other thing that you know, sometimes you would spend, you know. 15, 20 minutes over a sentence or a paragraph. And then there was the Richard Starr solution, which was eh, just delete it. <laughs> gone. You know what? Sometimes that's the right decision. Yeah. No. If it's torturing you. And then what you say is, oh, I just needed to make it tighter. Yeah. But I don't have the excuse. The excuse when you had a magazine, of course, is that you needed to make it fit the column. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, we just you, we needed we don't have the space now on the internet. Back when you were laying type out by hand on a hot press. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, that's why we were basically we were basically the, you know I mean sometimes you would find a mistake. I was like the final pair of eyes looking at these PDF copies at like 11 p.m. or midnight, and you'd find a mistake, and it was literally stop the presses. Oh yeah, you know I did that at the cost you. at the newspaper, and the the presses were downstairs, and sometimes if you saw a mistake. You'd have to run down because we would send oh. we would send the the template yes. down to the press guys through a pneumatic tube. That was a thing we still did. We would yeah. send it to them, and it sounds like I was doing this in 1962, <laughs> but it was That's actually right. 2002. And you were surrounded by copy boys. Yeah, everywhere. if copy it got boys. down there yeah. and it was wrong, you had to run to intercept it. And I happened to be spry little thing that I was, the you fastest one in the office. Absolutely. So you I copy girl. So I would run downstairs and be like, "Stop, guys! We got to get you a new one." This is this. People had these kind of jobs. Yeah, and they would get so mad. Type by the way, setting, understandably. Layout. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? I, I'm good. Mother's Day was good. good. We, my mom was in town, which was oh, nice, lovely. And we, my dad cooked everybody breakfast, 
hung out with the little kids. We did have a school project due on Tuesday, which I understand <laughs> the teacher's like, I'm not going to make it due on Monday because that would be rude to all the moms. But it was still kind of uncomfortable because we know we haven't done that work on Sunday. Yes. Like, now, I'm who, a mom. Who's doing work on that Sunday? I know yeah. that this project isn't done. My daughter keeps reminding me that this project isn't done. I know that when we sit down to do it, we're going to have to have a fight over my OCD versus her very laissez-faire approach to making a poster, which I cannot handle. I cannot handle it. In what what sense can't you handle? You, I, well, coloring, I, drawing, fonts. Yeah, font. Things. Uh, lettering is very important to yeah. me. <laughs> I'm sure it comes from typesetting. Lettering is very important yeah. to me. My daughter does not care. She's like, nah, just slap it on there in my regular handwriting. I'm like, that's not how posters work. Is that how it works? But you're still at that. Have some pride in their work. Yeah, that's right. Within the lines, color within the lines. Oh. But you're still at that level, though, where you can have sort of control and say so yes. with, with the girls in terms of, you know, and understanding what the project is. Yes. My son was up last night working on a bio project. Yeah. That's that's not you're me. just bio. Not, yeah. You lost me at bio. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, no, we we finished it fine. I, I oh, a new innovation is to get her stencils so that we can use oh, yes. the stencils. This, yeah. So the lettering comes out looking pretty good, but she actually did the lettering. I feel like that's a nice compromise. We're just adding okay. a tool. So <laughs> she did it without using the stencils? No, she did oh, she it, did with, it the with the stencils. stencils. Yeah, that's with good. The, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We were both happy in the end. And the project is in. Happy Mother's Day to me. Okay. Good. Speaking of half-baked projects, oh boy! Let's talk about the Durham report. Yeah. This is a special counsel report from Durham. Who, by the way, if you hear lambasting of Durham, which you're of course oh. going to hear, because oh. he gives a review of Crossfire Hurricane and the investigation into Trump uh, that is very bad for the powers that be, for people like Adam Schiff, who said he had a smoking gun the whole time because he'd seen the intelligence. The Russians offered help, which we know they did. The campaign accepted help, which we know they did. Uh, the Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial evidence of collusion. The case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now, so... You've said on more than one occasion that you've seen ample evidence of the Trump campaign's Russia collusion. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia. I've certainly... I certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion. Can you agree that there has been no evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia? Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy. But we do know this. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help. And the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. Um, reviewing the evidence that I have. To the intelligence community that the retired members of which did their rounds on all the cable news nets. Plus, it was breathless coverage. To the FBI. For two years. To the FBI and its former employees, Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok, who also did the rounds on very sympathetic media. Because these things, this report looks bad for all of them, you will hear that Durham is some kind of hack. But I would just refer you back to when he was appointed... His two, the two senators from Connecticut, or yeah, no, is it Rhode Island? Rhode Island. You mean Sheldon, well, White, Sheldon House, White House? Yep. And I believe Chris Murphy of Connecticut, who are were in that district, were like, "Oh, he's great. He's amazing. Straight as an arrow. Good as they come. Fierce. No fear or favor." Yeah. Okay, so just remember that back then, Democratic senators thought he was fine. Yep. Now that they've followed the facts, something that some people failed to do. People are going to be mad at him. So I just want to yeah. put that out there. Okay. It, it took MSNBC about a half hour mm -hmm. to conclude that the 320-page report was bogus. Oh, there's nothing in it? There's nothing to see here. <laughs> uh, Nicole Wallace said, in fact, it, you know, it may, it, Trump comes out worse oh. somehow. Oh, not that's, them. that's interesting. Not them. They're doing totally fine. And CNN brings out Andrew McCabe. Really? Oh, good. To comment because he's their expert now. Andy McCabe on public trust. Let's yeah. hear more yeah. from him. On the issue that he's responsible the, for and that he ended up having to leave. He's the in FBI. the report. 
He's at the report, yeah. guys. So what did they say? It was They talked about confirmation bias. They were so outraged, by yes. the way. They were so outraged. It was confirmation bias. And there's no there there. They talk about, and it's true, it was two failed prosecutions and a plea deal, mm-hmm. but they don't address, and they said they had every reason to open that investigation and issue that FISA warrant against the enemies of freedom. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so, yeah. So the, the aim of this investigation was to look into the opening of investigations on Trump mm-hmm. and determine yeah. whether the there was there. And therefore, we need to surveil the campaign. Yeah. We're, and we're, by the way, we're several investigations into realizing there was no there there, mm-hmm. right? Not an investigation conducted by the press, which would have been nice. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen evidence that there was no evidence from the Mueller report. Right. conclusion was that, I don't know, there wasn't actually a collusion here. <laughs> Sorry about the three years. Uh, and think about all those people, by the way, like who bought those candles with, oh God. with Mueller yes. on them. Like, you know, there's a very, sacred. There's it's a, weird. There's a very popular a resistance Twitter account still named Mueller She Wrote. <laughs> you got to hang your hat yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, you you well, yeah. You might as well own it. That. So. That was the idea, is to look into like yeah. how this all started. And what you come up with is the Mueller report examined for several years all of the uh, attempting to connect Trump to the Russians. Russians did try to interfere with the election, but trying to prove this connection between the campaign right. and Russia, they couldn't do it. The entire, Mueller report, the entire Mueller report at the end is like, nah, we actually don't have the goods on that. So that was like the end of the process. This investigation spends 300 pages investigating the beginning of the process and finds out, oh, there was nothing there either. So it, fr- from literally beginning to end, yeah. it was bullshit. Yeah. From beginning That's to right. end. That's right. Nonsense. They don't seem to. So the media, which immediately reacted in a fury against the report and saying that there's nothing there, mm-hmm. they don't seem to address the connection with the Clinton campaign. Like Christopher Steele and his connection to the Clinton campaign, I, Igor Danchenko being paid two hundred thousand dollars by the FBI. I sometimes I sometimes joke that every single story and every single narrative approved by the mainstream media you will eventually find is exactly the opposite of opposite. true. Yeah. But this one is so the opposite of true that it's almost you feel like a crazy person for pointing it out. Yeah. Right? That In the end, what happened was the Clinton campaign funded a Russian guy to give disinformation to intelligence agencies and the media Mm -hmm. who happily laundered this information in order to delegitimize or prevent the effective presidency of Donald Trump, who they felt was such an existential threat to democracy that it was worth subverting democracy in every way possible, or at their disposal, to end him. If you suggested this at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, conspiracy wacko. Oh, yeah. All the conspiracy theories are true. I hate to to break it to you. This is the tinfoil segment of our show, sponsored by Ivermectin. But by the way, our tinfoil is upgraded to platinum because (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Because it's actually true. The amount of cooperation between, again... The Obama administration and Hillary Clinton's campaign and then the Biden administration now with the FBI and just your basic supposedly non-political civil servants right. is really disturbing. It's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking. It's not, it's not supposed to be that way. There's all this talk about, you know, we, we you know laugh off this whole deep state thing. They're no, not helping themselves. No, let's not laugh it off anymore. No. So just, just from the report, just to give the very beginning of this. The special counsel is authorized, this was its its mandate, to investigate whether any federal official, employee, or any other person or entity violated the law in connection with the intelligence, counterintelligence, or law enforcement activities directed at the 2016 yeah. presidential campaigns, individuals associated with those campaigns, and individuals associated with the administration of President Donald J. Trump, including but not limited to Crossfire Hurricane mm-hmm. and the investigation of special counsel Robert S. Mueller the third. So let's let's I, go. Th- by the way, I hate that they called it Operation Crossfire Hurricane because then it ruins the Rolling Stone song for me, Jumpin' Jack Flash. 
I'm sorry. I assume about that's that. where they get it from. I oh, by the way, just to keep my integrity intact, a quick correction from last week, which is that Arms Wide Open oh. is, of course, a Creed song. Not a journey song. I was thinking open arms. Open arms. I conflated the yes. two. And although I am not a Creed fan, someone did point out that we are short on songs like power ballads about responsible fatherhood these days. So we are going to make an exception for that one. Anyway. Well, you know what? And you know it's inevitable, by the way, because I wondered that when you said it, and then other readers are asking the same thing. Like, wait, wait, which one is this? Wide oh, arms wide open or with open <laughs> arms? And then and inevitably on, on social media that led to, of course, the 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 meme of "Can you take me higher." <laughs> Which is the guy, the angel, <laughs> the, the shaved head in halftime at the football game, and, and he's they have him on straight. He's hoisted into the air. Is this? It's an amazing. I scene. love it. Now yeah. I have to look this up. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Back to the news. <laughs> After that important correction. Yeah. Thank you. That's by the way more of a correction than you will see from any media oh, on yeah, on the Russia on yeah. stuff. Okay. Let me just read some findings. Of the Durham report. Okay, if if you're interested, by the way, and you want to see the original report, it is more than 300 pages long. However, if you read the executive summary, that's about 10 pages. And if you just forward on down to 300 or so, that's when it gets to the real, this is what we found. The executive summary will give you quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to page 300 or so, you can read yeah. through that and it'll give you the, the nitty gritty. Okay. Throughout the duration of Crossfire Hurricane, which was the... 2016 investigation opened into the Trump campaign in the idea that they were going to find collusion between them and the Russians. Facts and circumstances that were inconsistent with the premise that Trump and or persons associated with the Trump campaign were involved in a collusive or conspiratorial relationship with the Russian government were ignored or simply assessed away. Indeed, as set forth in sections blah blah blah, from even before the opening of Crossfire Hurricane, some of the most directly involved in the subsequent invest investigation had won expressed their open disdain for Trump. Two, asked about when they would open investigation on Trump. Three, asserted that they would prevent Trump from becoming president. As discussed throughout this report, our investigation revealed that the stated basis for opening a full investigation, quote, to determine whether individuals associated with the Trump campaign were writing of and or co coordinating activities with the government of Russia, was seriously flawed. Again, the FBI's failure to criti critically analyze information that ran counter to the narrative of a Trump-Russia collusive relationship exhibited throughout Crossfire Hurricane is extremely troublesome. The evidence of the FBI's confirmation bias in the matter includes, at a minimum, the following information that was simply ignored or in some fashion rationalized away, and I'm going to give it to you. Are we ready? Yeah. Remember this all opened with Australian diplomats talking to Papadopoulos. Yes. Is it George, is George Papadopoulos... I think George Papadopoulos is from the the TV show Webster, right? That was Alex Karras, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the same. Uh, has the same name. It's, it's actually the sure. same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy. Trust yeah. only us. We're yeah, we're such a good source. Right. Okay, the Australian diplomats told Crossfire Hurricane investigators that Papadopoulos never stated that he had any direct contact with the Russians, nor did he provide any explicit information about an offer of assistance. Okay, there was a complete lack of information from the intelligence community that corrob corroborated the hypothesis upon which the Crossfire Hurricane investigation was predicated. Cool, cool. The FBI generally ignored the significant exculpatory information provided by Carter Page, George yeah. Papadopoulos, and Trump senior foreign policy advisor, one, during recorded conversations with FBI confidential human sources. No big deal. I remember, by the way, being on CNN, and we'll get into that in a little bit, being on CNN when the Carter Page stuff broke. Mm -hmm. And remember Carter Page did a bit of a media tour? Oh, yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. people were like, that seems inadvisable. And I agree. Yeah. Like, my lawyer, your lawyer should probably tell yeah, you, like, yeah, don't go on all the media while this is happening. However, people took issue, as they always do, with his temperament. They thought he was a little upset. Yeah. You know why he was upset? Because the federal government was using foreign spying yeah. tools to spy upon him when he had told them things right. that meant he was not eligible for said spying. Yeah. Like, I'd be a little ticked off, too. All right, moving on. The FBI failed to pursue investigative leads that were inconsistent with their theory of the case. The FBI, or for example, Page's recorded denials of having any relationship with Paul Manafort, a fact about which there was, avail there was available evidence. The FBI failed to take Page up on the written offer he made to Director Comey to be interviewed about the allegations contained in Michael Isakoff's Yahoo News article and instead opted to seek 
FISA surveillance of Page because, you know, that's the easier way to do it. Okay. The FBI was willing to make use of the completely unvetted and uncorroborated Steele reporting. You'll remember the Steele dossier printed in BuzzFeed, which was on its face obviously insane. Yeah. By the way, can we, like from day one, we were like, this just seems really insane. BuzzFeed, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody did pay yeah, a price. Yeah, that's right. In multiple FISA applications targeting a U.S. citizen, even after the Crossfire Hurricane investigators had determined that there were major conflicts between the reporting of Steele and his primary subsource, Igor Danchenko, conflicts the FBI incredibly failed to resolve. The Crossfire Hurricane investigators did not even ask Steele about his role in providing information to Michael Isakoff and news media. Information that essentially accused Carter Page of colluding with the Russians, and thereafter the same investigators demonstrated a willingness to contort the plain language of the article to suggest it was not Steele, but Steele's employers, who had given the information to his account. Like, it's just lies throughout. Just lies. And yet Adam Schiff takes the victory lap and... Really, where's his smoking gun? Where's his smoking... They got the president I, impeached the I first tweeted, time. That's true. I tweeted a gif of a... a of a skeleton last night saying just me in 2072 waiting for Adam Schiff's smoking gun. Doesn't by, matter. By and, the way, and he's going to be the next senator yeah, from he's California. running for Senate in California. It's either him and Katie or Katie Porter. So pick your poison. Okay. I'm going to go on. The FBI ignored the fact that at no time before, during or after crossfire hurricane were investigators able to corroborate a single substantive allegation in the Steele dossier reporting, not one. By the way, they paid yeah. to try to corroborate. They paid someone a lot of money, more money than I have ever seen from the feds. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Like your taxpayer dollars paid a million bucks to somebody to try to corroborate this. Please and they still corroborate got this. They still got nothing. There was a complete failure on the part of the FBI to even examine, never mind resolve, the serious counter espionage issues surrounding Steele's primary subsource, Igor Danchenko. This has to do with Igor Danchenko, this guy who was the source for this insane steel dossier that seemed stupid from yeah. the beginning. He was investigated by the feds in 2008 because he very openly asked people to pass classified information to him and how interested they'd be in doing so from the Obama administration. So that's the subsource. Mm -hmm. Because what really reliable was that the DNC and Hillary paid a dude to create Russian disinformation to then feed to the intelligence agencies and the media. That's what happened. And the Hillary, the Hillary Clinton campaign admitted as much. Oh, that. in court. Yeah, in court. In court. Robbie Mook. That's right. It was in Robbie court. Mook. Yeah. Said, yeah, uh, yeah, that was us. And by the way, the, the payment stubs from the Clinton campaign to the lawyer who handed off this information indicate that he was used yeah. by the Hillary Clinton campaign, even though he lied about it several times to the FBI. And surprise was not convicted of lying to the FBI right. because you only get convicted if you lie about things that the establishment doesn't like instead of lying right. about the things the establishment does like. Well, they must have been so dumbfounded that Trump won in 2016, you know, despite all of this. But, of course, they were committed to putting the entire administration, you know, through hell yeah. over the next two years in the attempt to find something. And just, again, you mentioned this, you know, I mean, when you lay this out, the thing that come, comes across to me is the the word premise, right? Because right. they had this, but it's such a good premise. We gotta find something. So again, well, and they, yeah, they desperately wanted it to be oh, true. Oh, true. That's exactly right. They de so what they did is they it was just, too good. Yeah, just like the media did. Investigators had a conclusion in mind. Yeah, which is what they're saying about Durham. Yeah, and they used every yeah. tool in their power. Mm -hmm even to the point of turning counterintelligence and counterterrorism tools on American citizens and an American campaign yeah. and an American candidate and an American president to that point to just string together something that would look like the conclusion they had come to. And media was happy to do it. That's a, yeah. The intelligence community was happy to do it because they all decided again, President Donald Trump was such an existential threat to democracy that they should destroy democracy to, de to destroy him. Yeah. Super good plan, they, they guys. Needed to, again, so three things. One, they needed to destroy democracy to save it. Yep. <laughs> so anytime they, anytime they do something as egregious as this, they're always saying, well, we had to save the world and save the country from Donald Trump. So right. we had to do whatever it takes, okay? 
That's the first thing. And it'll continue to be the excuse moving forward. So, I mean, and, and, and Trump loves to play the victim. And it's like, wait, he really was. So that's the yeah. first thing. Oh, by the way, yeah. just, just to correct myself briefly, the Sussman, the Hillary Clinton lawyer, right. was paid for the Alpha Bank allegations. It's slightly different from what okay. I said earlier. So okay. All right. But the second thing was, yes, they could rely on the media to carry their water. Yes. The mainstream, MSNBC especially, CNN, they loved having all these people on, you know, 24-7 to talk about what they're finding, even if they didn't find anything. And, it, and then it goes all the way into the regular, the rest of popular culture. You think about late night talk shows, everybody making jokes about Trump in the P tape that doesn't exist. Never existed. But it's, it's a good a joke. Thing. It's a good joke. We've got to go with it. And then ultimately leading to his impeachment the first time. So, I mean, there are people out there who are like, yep, you know, Trump worked, you know, colluded with the Russians to try to defeat Hillary Clinton in 2016 and got impeached for that. Right. And that's it. That's what, that's what, that's what they believe. I think this is my favorite part. So given that people like Andy McCabe, Peter Strzok at FBI headquarters decided immediately upon having any raw intelligence that they should immediately open a full investigation Mm -hmm. into an American campaign and eventually president, one would think you would look at other investigations of similar kinds or other allegations that came to them and, and hope, hope that they assiduously treated them in similar fashion. What do you think that Durham found, Vic? Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. Here's the question from the report. Was the opening of Crossfire Hurricane as a full investigation on July 31st, 2016 consistent with how the FBI handled other intelligence it had received prior to July 31st, 2016 concerning attempts by foreign interests to influence, oh, I don't know, the Clinton and other campaigns? Similarly, did the FBI properly consider other highly significant intelligence it received at virtually the same time as that used to predicate Crossfire Hurricane, but which related not to the Trump campaign, but rather to a purported Clinton campaign plan to, quote, vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. Yeah. Such information, we might imagine, would, back to the report, shed light on some of the Russian information the FBI was receiving from third parties, including the Steele dossier, the Alpha Bank allegations, and confidential human source reporting. They didn't, they didn't do any due diligence on that stuff. That, that was not on the agenda. No, they only, had a, they only had enough resources for one investigation. When you think about the time and energy and the money, as Amazing. you mentioned, expo- expended against Trump, it's really quite remarkable to come up with nothing, basically. Yeah. But every, they seem to be, but they're, you know, they seem to be unapologetic. They're, they, they seem to be triumphant that the Durham report is a dud. Yeah. Again, if you switch well, the role, if you switch the roles, could you imagine? Oh, my God. And we're going to get to the right. conclusion, yeah, sure. right? And what we should do moving forward. But I want to just to follow up on this Clinton part. The FBI leadership essentially disregarded the Clinton plan intelligence, which is what I just referred to which it received at almost the exact same time as the Australian Paragraph 5, which is the Papadopoulos information. This was despite the fact that at precisely the same time as the Clinton plan intelligence was received, the Clinton campaign made public statements tying the DNC computer hack to Russian attempts to help get Russia Trump elected. The FBI was receiving the Clinton campaign-funded steel reports, and the Clinton campaign-funded alphabet allegations were being prepared for delivery to the media and the FBI. Just to review, both the Alpha Bank and the Steele dossier stuff funded yeah. by the Clinton campaign and was actual disinformation. It's interesting. Nicole, uh, Nicole Wallace didn't, I don't think she addressed she that. She didn't address that? No, no, no. Okay, two more points just to get us through this because I just feel like, look. You just want to bring it up, you know? But uh, go ahead. You guys you guys don't have all the time in the world, but I, I need you to hear all of this. This is driving me yes. insane. The Crossfire Hurricane investigators essentially ignored information they had received as early as October 2016 regarding Charles Dolan, a longtime Democratic operative with ties to the Clintons, who also possessed significant ties to Russian government figures who would appear in the steel reporting and never interviewed him. Again, you'll see the you'll see the thread quite clearly, much more clearly than the one in Crossfire Hurricane between Russian operatives, the DNC and influencing the election. Uh, The Crossfire Hurricane investigators provided only partial and in some instances misleading information to department attorneys working on the 
Carter Page FISA applications while withholding other highly relevant information from those attorneys and from the FISA court that might cast real doubt on their probable cause assertion. For any, for any, Great job, everyone. Yeah. For, for any candidate on the other side who wants to take the high road, their first inclination is that we're going to be all above board, and you see something like this happen where you're dealing with an opposition that is all coordinated between various bureaucrats and intelligence agencies and whatnot and political campaigns, your only thought is we need to play as dirty as they do in order to win because this is what they're doing to us. Can't you see what they're doing? It's not good. Either way, you know, in the future, everyone's just going to be going to extreme lengths to dig up dirt and oppo against each other using extra legal means. But see, it won't work. Because the only one, the only side, if that, not already, the only side that let's just say it, the deep state, mm-hmm. deep state is inclined to take that information from, oh, yeah. is one side. Is one side. So you have a corruption of the entire right. system. Right. Right. And they're rooted in there, the people who work there. So. Ah. Fine. So let's also get to why the media can safely say this is mm-hmm. a dud. Mm-hmm. One, because they don't want to accept responsibility for having been an active part yeah. of this campaign really to deceive Americans cheerleaders. for years. Cheerleaders, yeah. Well, and actual operatives, yeah. right? It was This information was laundered through the media. It came from the Clinton campaign. Yeah. They weren't curious enough, or let's face it, even if they knew, they didn't care that it came from their friends. Because information that comes from your friends that's designed to take down Trump, who is an existential right. threat to democracy, is fine. Therefore. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine to use. But the other reason is that Durham concludes that despite all of this and the fact that this will never be corrected in the public record, it doesn't matter how much coverage this gets, which, by the way, it'll get like a day and a half. You can never correct six, seven years of pounding into people's head that Donald Trump was a Russian asset and involved in collusion with the Russian government to win the election in 2016. Never mind that none of that was true and funded by Clinton. Mm -hmm. Right. We'll never correct this, despite all these mistakes and all these abuses of power. His conclusion is that actually we don't really need to go after anyone. And what the FBI needs to do and the intelligence community needs to do is just adhere to their original rules, which is not to F the entire American public by making up things to subvert an American presidency. That's the answer. It's, It's like the Streisand effect. It'll just convince people that something that didn't happen happened. And look, it's working because all they do is make jokes about it. All they do on the on the sh- and when they're not doing it now, obviously, because they moved on. But they felt compelled that they had to address the Durham report. And when they did, it was to say that it was completely debunked. And like so. at least there's like a handful of people who are like, this seems pretty devastating to the FBI. And they're going to assume that you're not going to read the report. And again, the FBI and the media worked hand in hand mm-hmm. to do this work. Yeah. Like the fact the fact that that should concern more Americans. The fact that Comey Maybe met does. with Trump in January 2017 uh-huh. to brief him on this information was strategically given to media. Yeah. Again, from yeah. the original source which was Hillary Clinton's campaign money in order to seed it into the media and get it moving. That's that's what that was. Do you remember a whole movie was made about this? Oh, my God. About the the meeting between Comey and Trump. And Comey was played by Jeff Daniels. Oh, Uh, God. That guy. And I let me speak to my own mistakes. I gave Comey the benefit of the doubt. I said, look, the guy's in a tough situation. We got two kind of dirtbaggy candidates here running in 2016, both of whom probably should be under investigation Mm -hmm. for something. And somehow these are always the choices we keep getting. Yes. Yeah. And so I get it that he's having to make these calls and these calls are tough. Well, in the end, it sounds like the call was made that we go all in on one guy and we ignore everything from this side. And that's trash. That's trash. And that he actually was part of creating this situation. It's amazing. Oh, my God. And by the way, all of this comes from just raw intelligence that was never assessed on purpose so they could not find out Mm -hmm. that it was false. Which, in another investigation, might hit a stopping point where someone says, hey, you got to check your work here. Like, we can't use this to, to create a crime. But the problem was, these guys all wanted it to be a crime, 
and had basically no oversight because Comey also wanted it to be a crime. All the higher ups were like, this is it has to happen has to be real. It just has to be real. I also did not fully believe that it was this bad until much later. So I was commenting in real time on the Mueller report and saying, look, I'm fine with this playing out. It seems like Russia was involved in something. It very much feels that it's not what you guys think it is. However, I do not have the evidence. And I sort of, I think I trusted the Mueller process more than I should have. Sure. However, I wanted something he was to a really, trust. He was a real stand-up guy. I mean, you know, most of these FBI directors, you know, with the exception in my mind of you know, J. Edgar Hoover, yeah. you just assume that they have the best of intentions. You know, they're just... I wanted to believe in something or someone. Yeah. Okay? But I do want to play just real quick. Uh, this, is, this is me after the Mueller report comes out. It's going to take... Is, a, is, is this a vindication clip? Yeah. <laughs> because this is, this is what I got yeah. looked at like an alien slash traitor right. yeah. for for three years on air for even more yeah. than that because if you referred back ever and said uh, no i actually think bill barr's summary of the Mueller report was perfectly fine they would look at you like you were insane right because they mm-hmm. were all still trying to hold on to this notion that there was there there that wasn't all right this is the day that the Mueller report breaks look i'm on board for as much of the Mueller report coming out as humanly possible, partly because we paid for it. But I'm also happy to talk about this story because it is good news. It's very good news for America that he did not collude with a hostile foreign government to come to president. It's very good news that he was not a foreign asset, um, that he is the duly elected president of the United States, whether you voted for him or not. That's good news for the country and our system of government. Um, and I think they're all looking, they're all side-eyeing so hard right now. Mehdi Hassan among them, oh, now now of on. MSNBC. He's like looking at his paper like, what is she talking about? Look, some people will say you set the bar too low, Mary Catherine. You're very excited that he didn't collude. I didn't set that bar. Um, I think those same people forget how dead certain they were last week that Robert Mueller, the gold standard investigator, after two years of exhausted uh, investigation, was going to find that these bad and, in fact, treasonous things were true about the president. Um, but he didn't. Uh, and those are the top lines, and I look forward to learning more. Um, but look, I supported this investigation throughout, and I'm excited to hear not only the top lines, but the rest of it. But I think there were some who fervently hoped for a different end to this. Mm-hmm. And I say that based on throughout this ride, the side-eye, occasional hostility, hey, Twitter, um, that I got <laughs> from merely expressing uncertainty or caution, um, or in fact that we should measure our credibility of public servants like even John Brennan, who it turned out wasn't that credible. We should... Of course, measure that against the president's, who is not that credible <laughs> as well, which we have done ad nauseum. Um, but now the good news is the adversaries of the president can go about the business of beating him in an election, Wait, which is- if that's what they want to do, which is a more healthy uh, indulgence than the past two years. Um, or they can consp- conspiracy theories about this, or they can move on to the next theory, at which point, open to evidence once again, but since circumspection and caution has served me well for two years, I will be bringing them to the next conversation. And thank you very much. <laughs> My CNN colleagues. They're insufferable. They're insufferable. They, they were so, everyone was so married yeah. to this idea. They do this. That, again, I wasn't asserting the conspiracy theory, which actually ended up being true. I was asserting that I don't think you're going to find what you're no. looking for here. It's, and that alone was enough to make me the biggest yeah. weirdo in the room. It's crazy to think that you're reaction on the spot is considered crazy because in their mind it's like no we can't just accept it as is. no i mean I, I i need to know who got to Mueller. yeah no <laughs> that that what that's what i suggested you can move on to the next conspiracy theory yeah. if you would like which is a lot of what we've done for the past years yeah. since Mueller happened it's astonishing it's not good guys it's not good how many minutes are we in now uh, oh good i've spent 40 years four it's 40 years, 40 minutes. It feels like 40 years, guys. Oh, I know. No, it. I, we've been talking about this for so long, and it was yeah. an abuse of the American system and an abuse of the American people, and it was in service of taking down a guy that a bunch of people decided they didn't like. And look, I don't They made lo- up their minds. They made I don't up their love minds him a either. Time ago. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can break the rules to bring him down. Mm-hmm. But they did. Oh, and this is, this is the... I missed this. I got ranting again. In the end, Durham says, like, we don't need to punish anybody or change anything, right? 
how does any of this go differently next time? Yeah. Yeah. Like Af- Afghanistan, no one fired. This, oh, I yeah. think like like some like very low level people might have been changed to different offices yeah. after Crossfire Hurricane or something. Like, great. Good job, guys. Anna McCabe's got his giant paycheck talking about public trust on CNN. Did Peter Strzok go and marry his girlfriend? I don't even know what happened over there. Lisa Page. I, I don't know either. <laughs> it's it's a disgrace. Unlike the Biden family, there they, oh, there's nothing wrong with them, no, Mary okay. Cat. Do we so even have time for the Biden family? We do. <laughs> oh, we will make time. Special two-hour episode. But getting him. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Take all that mm-hmm. that we just discussed. Actually, yeah. We do have time, by the way. Take all that that we just discussed. Where the American intelligence agencies and the media was like, oh, my gosh, we see the giant conspiracy here. Yeah, you see it like one of those 3D art things at the mall in the 90s where you cross your eyes and something emerges, right? Like, if you really want to see it, you can see it. Guys, there's nothing in the magic eye poster. Anyway, they see it there. But you know what they don't see? They don't see a damn thing. When the Republican House Oversight uh-huh. Committee comes up with bank statements that show some $10 million flowing to the to nine members of the Biden family through 20 shell NGOs and corporations and LLCs during the time of the vice presidency for unknown, unclear work of unknown and unclear expertise they see nothing there let me say this in defense of the mainstream media how they're explaining this is that they they don't see a connection between biden and hunter biden there, other than the fact that they're family and hunter of course now lives in the white house right. there's no connection and family is not a connection either so really that's <laughs> see, not a connection remember, remember when like when Ivanka Trump hadn't like dropped her purse line oh, yet. Oh, and oh that was, everyone was so like, exercised oh over that. God, like, How could she do this? Th- this is this is most certainly not best practices for Ivanka Trump to sell heels. Oh yeah. shut up. Yeah. Oh shut up. Which by the way, at the time I of course was like, look, it probably isn't best practices. She probably should like it's what they do, and this is what they're saying oh. times 10, though, with the Biden families. Look, of course they're going to use their dad's name, you know? <laughs> and he's not, Hunter, Hunter's not in government. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And there's no, there's, no ev- there's no evidence. Here's the thing. Biden, Joe Biden received this money. Right. So that, that's, you know, in order for this cares? money, in order, in order for this money to, as the New York Times says, m- mean nothing, right? The New York Times is like <laughs> the Republican oversight committee finds no wrongdoing okay yes there aren't literal checks written to joe biden we can all express surprise that it turns out the biden family is smarter than at least that okay smartest guy i know hunter Biden. smartest guy i know didn't he didn't he graduate from harvard or something who hunter yes Uh, he did i think he might have been yale law i think oh my god but hunter did undergrad at georgetown oh my god i know so much for your fellow my fellow alumnus i know but i didn't have nearly as many parties fun parties as he did clearly i i wish well anyway Anyway. in order for this money to mean nothing and be no wrongdoing hallie biden and hunter biden would have to be experts in like chinese rural economics yeah versus like bizarre affairs in the death of a fam in the wake of the death of a family member speaking of affairs because I remember Haley is Hallie. Hallie. Hallie is Bo Biden's widow. Correct. And then after and then he got he she died got tangled up with the yes with, with Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, they dated for a little bit, and so money's going everywhere. And this is not even to, you know not to mention CEFC China Energy, but there's a lot going on, particularly with this Romanian businessman. Like, do do we believe? Does anyone care though? No, there's no one. No do one we cares. believe that the Bidens were credible experts worth this kind of money? In these fields. Of course not. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. They love, by the way, the amount of, again, the amount of time, energy spent on focusing on Trump family business and then going, of course, after his children. Great. I get it. You know, there are connections there. Who's benefiting from what? 
But then the assumption is that, oh, but that's not, you know, Joe Biden's family. Are you kidding? Hallie also, by the way, she, she also lived in the White House. Do you remember this? Up to the point where they got married. They just moved. She and her new husband, Peter Neal, they just moved to Georgetown. Really? But they were in that. Yeah, they had the White House wedding as well. No, that was the granddaughter, right? Oh, it's Naomi. Different. I'm getting confused. Naomi and Peter Neal. That's who it is. It's like it's like, it's like Dallas. Over yeah, it is. Every no, single is. member I of the Biden family lives living in that house. There. Okay, for you. thank you for that correction. <laughs> but Hallie, I don't think Hallie lives no, there. No, 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 no. Naomi. Excuse they me. All, they all live also, on what is the, the like, largesse. I know, there's of, like 16 bedrooms. Joe. I get it. But what is, what is it like to live there? Do they get, is there room service? Well, I do love that there's just no curiosity about the fact oh, no. that Hunter, who has some at the very least, unsavory habits and connections mm-hmm. is just at the White House. Yeah. And also had access to the Delaware home with the classified documents. You like mean all, the one in the garage next to the Corvette? All yeah. of this is just like A-okay. It's A-okay. Now, Biden, as in President Biden's problem, is that he's been on the record, you know, since the campaign uh, saying that, you know, not only is Hunter on the up and up. Yes. And everything smartest is guy he knows. Smartest guy he knows, completely ethical, but also he knows nothing about by Hunter's business. Well, no, but he does know enough to say that his son was never paid by the Chinese, which is that's true. categorically untrue. Yeah. And we know that for sure. Now, that's the one thing that the media might be like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty cut and dried. Can you answer to that, Mr. Biden? He'll be like, oh, chocolate, chocolate chip, Jack. You threw it a butt. That was like three responses. The only thing missing was fat. Look fat. I'm j- okay. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate chip. Believe me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. But it is, it's $10 million. Uh, okay. Oh, you know what? Speaking of which, by the I'm way. Sure, the, I'm sure we'll see the energy of the FBI. You know what? Speaking like of which. behind this. Speaking of which, you know who, in reading about this, and Chuck Ross has done great work on this, and, and, and Thalia Rampersad also here at the Free Beacon talking about the 20, 30 minutes it took MSNBC to conclude that the Durham report was bunk. <laughs> what disappointed me is Louis Free, who I thought was, from my, my understanding, was a good FBI director. He's from Jersey, went to Rutgers, the whole deal. He is a friend of the Bidens, and he apparently le- leaned on folks at State Department uh, and elsewhere on Hunter's behalf regarding this whole Romanian business. Oh, how nice. That's uh, disappointing. Oh, it, so much of it is disappointing. Yeah. All right. Okay, one, one last thing, because yeah, I found yeah, a paragraph yeah, that I wanted to read. Go for it. This is about the Alpha Bank claims. Yes. Again, I want to revisit all this because I was talking about this in real time. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking about it in real time, and I'm using myself, A, because it's self-aggrandizing, and B, because I was like the only one on every panel I was on. There were a couple more people at CNN, but I was the only one on every panel I was on because it was just me as the opposition, right? Every time I'm like, it doesn't sound like super critical. Where where are we getting this information? And that alone was like, how dare you? How dare you support the subversion of democracy at the hands of this monster? But it turns out he wasn't the monster. There was another monster and she was wearing a pantsuit. Okay. I'm mad about it. I'm 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 telling you, you know, listeners might be wondering that there's like six or seven people on this show, but it's all Mary Catherine doing different voices. It's it's like the Simpsons over here. She's like Harry Shearer. Okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to read this paragraph. Okay. Prior to providing the unfounded alphabet claims to the FBI, Sussman, who was the lawyer paid by Clinton, had and the Oppo research firm paid by her had provided the same information to various news organizations and were pressing reporters to write articles about the alleged secret communications channel. Moreover, during his September 2016 meeting at the FBI, Sussman, that's the Hillary-funded lawyer who lied about being funded to the FBI, told Baker that an unnamed news outlet was in possession of the information and would soon publish a story about it. The disclosure of the media's involvement caused the FBI to contact the news outlet whose name was eventually provided by Sussman in the hope of delaying any public reporting on the subject. In doing so, it confirmed the New York Times to, for the New York Times that the FBI was looking into the matter. That was the plan, guys. On October 31st, 2016, less than two weeks before the election, the New York Times and others published articles on the Alpha Bank matter, and the Clinton campaign issued tweets and public statements 
on the allegations of a secret channel of communications being used by the Trump Organization and a Russian bank, allegations that had been provided to the media and the FBI by Sussman and their oppo group, both of whom were working for the Clinton campaign. That's the whole thing in one incestuous, disgusting paragraph. I just want to tell our listeners for the next step, Mary Catherine's going to go on a little mental health break, and we're going to bring in somebody with a a much lighter touch. Her name is Judge Janine Pirro. She's she's going to just, you know, she's just going to bring things down a little bit. She's going to bring things down, Judge Janine. No, there's nothing to see here. That's the thing. Nobody, there's... But I don't there know, maybe, maybe no people... mea culpa. There will yeah. be no one held responsible. There will be nothing, nothing, nothing. This is good. Okay. Uh, I'm going crazy. Okay. All right. We're moving on to the next thing. Yeah. I just wanted to, I did want to share this story because I think it's, it's awfully, it's awfully rare that this happened, happens. And then we're going to get to, we're going to do some uplift okay. yeah. at the end of this program. <laughs> I, I can feel yeah. it. I swear. But before that, yeah. we're going to do some, a story about a state execution. Oh, Look. <laughs> Look, a state execution seems like decent news to me. Okay. Yes. No. Okay. I think what Mary Catherine, in case you misheard it, she didn't say state execution. You mean a stay of. Stayed. A stayed. S T A Y E D. Yes. 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 Good. Yeah, let's talk about state executions. Okay. Stayed. That's what's, true. You gotta, you gotta yeah, be careful well, with okay. the old diction. Yeah. People, as they you know, say. people were like, I can't live. They just dropped the toaster in the bathtub. They couldn't take it anymore. Okay. Welcome to our morning show for That's any right. hour. <laughs> so go- I'm like Kathy Lee on crack today. <laughs> Okay, tell, tell us about this thing. This is a serious story. This is a serious, serious story. story. Okay, so the Supreme Court has stayed, yes. halted mm-hmm. uh, the planned execution of one Richard Glossop mm. in Oklahoma. And this guy has been on death row for a long time, and he's had so many close calls that he has had, I thought this was a very interesting detail, he's had three final meals. I have thoughts on that. Yes, we can get to that. That would be your your point of expertise. I've, I've looked into this stuff. <laughs> I read the Durham report. He takes care of final <laughs> meals. Okay. There have been studies on final meals. It's interesting, but okay. go ahead. All right. I want to hear more about this. So he's had three final meals. The reason he keeps having these close calls is because he didn't, it's in the record that he did not commit the murder. Mm-hmm. The murder was committed by another guy who beat a hotel manager to death. And then he was interviewed by the police and the police gave them this guy, Richard Glossop's name, no fewer than six times, maybe seven times during the interview process, offered him a deal that would get him out of the death penalty possibility. And he said, well, Glossop did it. Glossop paid me to do this. And so Glossop got a a sentence that included the death penalty as his punishment for having paid this guy to kill someone. At various times, they have found that the trial was unfair, that exculpatory evidence wasn't offered, that they fed the guy who named Glossop, Glossop's name, many times, to the point that the Republican attorney general of the state has said, nah, this is bad, guys. We should not execute this man because I cannot assure that he was given a fair trial. Now, at that point, you would say, well, why don't they just call it off in the state? Well, they have a clemency board, and the clemency board must recommend clemency for the governor to do anything. The governor cannot recommend clemency unless the board does so. The board is deadlocked 2-2 on whether this is fair. And so in that case, they took it up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says, whoa, 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 whoa. Given that the actual attorney general of the state says this wasn't fair, and you've got a deadlocked clemency board, which is not like fully staffed for some reason, I feel like you should have an uneven number so that you can get the right like actual decisions on these things. And the governor can't do anything. It is stayed for the moment. Mm-hmm. Not state. Stayed. Yes. yes. For the moment. And it's just, it's rare that the Supreme Court does this. It is an interesting case. To me, it's a case that brings up a lot of very obvious questions about the death penalty, right. how we impose it. I think I was somebody who was with sort of unthinkingly pro-death penalty sure. when I was younger. Yeah. And as I got older and more and more skeptical of the state, for reasons you might have heard referenced in the first right. half of the podcast slash three quarters of the podcast, I'm uncertain that we are correct in doing this kind of punishment because you can't take it back. Yes. I'm sort of with you on this. I'm generally pro-death penalty. But at the very least, 
you do want to make sure that the person you're putting to death is the actual person. Yeah, and the state is yeah. like turns out. Like no I, have, I, have no, I have no, I have no problems putting to death somebody who admits to it. You know, yes. because there are people who I admit get, to it and they don't. You know, I get, get it, it. Yeah. and somehow they. They'll get a stay or they stretch these. As you know, the appeals process is ridiculous for some of these things. Yes. But then you you mentioned the case like Richard Glossop, and that's a bit much. And right. if it's unclear and if there's doubt, Especially I mean, that's, when he's that's not worrisome. the guy who yeah. allegedly did the thing at all. I yeah. shouldn't even say allegedly. The guy we who, know that the, the, guy, the guy who did who, it did The guy it. who did it had... Sneed is his yeah, name. Yeah, it is a very fitting yeah. last name, Justin Sneed. Sneed. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's not good. I was, I was reminded of, you know... I mean, There's great motivation depending on the time and circumstances for being pro or anti-death penalty. I think about in the early 90s, do you remember Ricky Ray Rector? And he was the, in Arkansas, and he had committed a a terrible crime. He had killed a store owner, and then he tried to kill himself, and then, but, you know, failed, and then he was just not all there. Right. And this was during the 1992 election, so then Governor Bill Clinton had to go back to Arkansas, and he had been attacked as being soft on crime, and he insisted on presiding over an execution. It just happened to be Ricky Ray Rector's, mm-hmm. and Ricky did not know yeah. what he had done. Right. And he did not, and then you can make the argument is, you know, regardless, the, you know, the, the person the committed the crime. Done regardless, but right. it was so unseemly because before he went, and I believe at the time it might have been electric chair, I could be wrong, maybe it was lethal injection, but before he went, he was asked if he wanted to finish, you know, his dessert. It was like a pie. Right. And he said, no, no, I'll finish it later. Oh. I mean, that's, you know, unseemly. Yeah. So again, and I'm, and as a Catholic, of course, we're not supposed to believe right. in this because we believe in redemption. Right. You know, I've seen Green Mile. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to throw that out there. Well, All right. in the end, it, it sounds like. It's, it's good news that this is paused for the moment. Yeah. A quote from a state representative said, there's never been an execution in the history of this country where the state and the defense agreed that the defendant was not afforded a fair trial. Right. Oklahoma cannot become the first. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty that, no, clear-cut that's, that's mm-hmm. situation. All right, let's do something a little lighter, oh, here we shall go. we? Something a little lighter. Martha Stewart. Queen is the first ever 80-plus-year-old Octogenarian. Swimsuit cover model for Sports Illustrated. Take that, youngs. Take that, Gen Z or Gen anything. You know what's depressing, by the way? The Before boomers we... forever. I know. You know what's depressing? <laughs> yeah, forever. They're not leaving. They're even making it into They're the Sports Illustrated Never cover. leaving. I think to myself, well, you know, I mean, I'd rather see, you know, Cindy Crawford or Kathy Ireland. Of course, they're old now. <laughs> So, I mean, they're I, not 81, but you know, they're getting up there. Kathy it's Ireland so was really like, that was my childhood yeah, era. right. Kathy Ireland, Angie Everhart. That was oh, the swimsuit. Yeah, 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 the swimsuit sure. edition coming Claudia to our Schiffer. house. Claudia, Claudia Schiffer. Schiffer. Ellie um, McPherson. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of thoughts what one happened? could have. What happened? How did this happen? And what happened? Well, here's the thing. How could this possibly Sports, happen? Sports Illustrated had to rethink what it was doing with the swimsuit issue because there was not really a rationale for it aside from TNA. For many years. And look, that can be the rationale. That should, yes. But you exactly. got to kind of own that. Yeah. And it being the press, they can't own that. So they're like, let's do something different. We'll acknowledge all bodies or whatever. I don't know. They've been doing all yeah, sorts of things. It turned into like the athletic catalog. Over there. And actually, first of all, how dare you denigrate the athletic catalog? <laughs> Stop the, well, you, you know what? We're going to see our, a friend of ours later. He was a big fan no longer. Just, you know, he's on my side on this, but go ahead. At one point they went to, and I believe ESPN Magazine did this at one point. That's not a surprise. I thought this was clever. ESPN Magazine did nude athletes. Because you can make an argument. Oh, yeah, sure. That these super hot people, Mm -hmm. their physical form is very important Mm -hmm. to the thing that we are discussing in this journalism. Right? I read ESPN Magazine for the articles. Except for. Except for if it's one of those track and field events. What's the one where they spin around and yeah, launch the that? The, the hammer throw. Don't want to see that. She was very strong. Thick, I believe, is the word. Yeah. And I think ESPN did that for a while, too. But now they're just like, they're looking for different ways to do it. Yes. In general, I'm like, nice try, guys. On this one, I'm like, yes, I enjoyed this very much. Martha Stewart looks amazing. She is better than all of us at everything. At everything. Now, it is important to point out that Martha Stewart started life as a model. Okay, she, like a that's interesting. Like a teen, 
20-something actual model. Okay, so good genes to begin with. She also eats the finest of caviar and unprocessed <laughs> foods at every meal yeah. ever. I follow her Instagram, so I know in great depth. And she takes care of herself. Does a lot of Pilates. And so she was able to pull off this this cover, which I think she looks fantastic. A lot of people are like, oh, only Photoshop can ac- accomplish this. And I'm like, frankly, it's, it's probably similar amount of Photoshop or less because I look at her Instagram a lot and it's not that filtered. It's probably that similar or less than pretty much every other magazine cover. And she looks fantastic. Yeah. It is. OK, so first of all, <laughs> you gave me this thing and, and I said, let me look into it. And I realized what this was. And I really had to stop and think, do I want to click it on and have this image burned into my brain? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Much like some of these old drudge headlines. Right. You know, like there'll, there'll be a story about like STDs spreading rampantly in nursing homes. Like, do I want to click do on I that story? Do I want to know this? Right. No, I don't. But for the sake of this podcast, I did. And I have to tell you. Lovely lady. Yeah, it, it was better than Nancy Pelosi on the beach. You remember you that go. one? That was, there you go. Lovely <laughs> and, and, lady. No, I, yeah, no Photoshop as you. Well, I'm sure there's some airbrushing, there's, like, there's airbrushing, air and and other things. But at the same time, they do that anyway. Yes. I didn't see any of the. I just saw the front cover. I saw the front cover. It's great. an interesting ploy and, for Sports Illustrated. Well, I don't know this, how many dudes are going to pick it up, right, but right. So this is the question too. It'll sell. Like, it'll sell. Otherwise, it'll get a lot of buzz. Tons of buzz. Tons of buzz. Now, of course, nothing we do can ever be good enough for the woke crowd, right? So, so oh, instead of really? instead of models. We have an 81-year-old mm-hmm. swimsuit cover model who looks fantastic on the cover what of are this they saying? magazine. And uh, there's a HuffPost piece that says, this is disappointing because regardless of the fact that she's 81, Martha Stewart conforms to traditional Western beauty standards. Wow. And she also referenced diet culture in her, uh, toxic diet culture in her advertising, of, in, her, in the mm-hmm. rollout of this mm-hmm. spread for her. Here's how she referenced diet culture. Are you ready for this? They asked her how she prepared for this. And she said, well, I ate well. I subtracted a lot of pasta and breads for about two months. I did not starve myself. And I did Pilates every other day. And that somehow is bad to be healthy. That is not toxic. That is the opposite of toxic. That is quite super healthy. I feel like we're going in two different directions because, again, could address this larger. I'd like to talk on the next episode, perhaps, about the attempt to ban deli meats from New York City. Oh schools. my gosh, we got to get on that. Yes, but on the one hand, they're like, "We, you're not allowed to have this because it's bad for you." On the other hand, how dare you talk about no, this, that because it's good. That's, this is the beauty it, of being I, woke is that you can just believe yeah, any number is. of conflicting things, and it's no problem. But I just love that we have to we have to pillory Martha Stewart, yeah, because she goes to Pilates. Which is, she, a, is Martha, specifically yeah. is a very hard exercise yes. for making your body stronger bad? and healthier, not And why skinny. is cutting back on carbs bad? You know what I mean? No, we, and she, I can use She's that. also Come not on. referencing being skinny as no. the perfect ideal. No. She's saying she takes care of herself. Right. That's it. That's it. Is she a grandmother? Do you... She has a daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the daughter has kids. You know, 80, Give this woman grandkids, you 80, millennial. 81-year-old, like a grandmother, I, all I could think of was in the in the movie A 40-Year-Old Virgin. Right. And Steve Carell is telling Seth Rogen that the woman he's now dating, Catherine Keener, is a grandma. And he goes, oh, that's a hot grandma, he says. And then <laughs> Seth Rogen goes, my grandma looks like Jack Palance, you know? By the way, just to bring this full circle, if you'll remember when Martha Stewart went to jail over insider yes. trading, which she 100% should not have been subjected to. But I'm thankful because she learned some crafting skills she learned to bring the inmates together yeah. to lobby for things that yeah. they wanted. And she earned the cred to be really good friends with Snoop Dogg, which is one of the greatest creative <laughs> partnerships of all time. That's insane. Yeah. Guess who spearheaded that whole charge? Oh. One James Comey. We reach uh, full circle. And before he's she goes, here, she, here she's going back on another ramp. We got to wrap it up. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. All right. I'm at MK Hammer. I'll try to calm down by, thir- by next week or this week, the end of this week. You know, I'll, if we don't get, if we can't get Judge Pirro, I'll get Nancy Grace. Okay. She's another one. Yeah. You can follow me at MK Hammer and at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. I'm going to end with one last clip of me telling people on TV about the Mueller report. I hope nobody missed leg day because carrying these goalposts. They're going to be very heavy. 
if you want to do it for the next 18 months. Um, because the idea of coalescing, that the idea of collusion, which everyone we all know used for two years as a shorthand for a conspiracy in a large criminal sense, um, the idea that we did not use that for that, um, and that that conclusion does not matter, and that therefore it's like somehow improper to point out that there was no collusion as we meant it for the last two years, uh, I think is an operation in gaslighting. Thank you. Just a little blast from the past. They were once again looking at me like I was insane. All of them. All right, you guys have a nice week. I'm going to calm down by Friday. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.